We are in part two of our Connecting with God series. We're going to be going through the book of Ephesians this year, and I entitled today's message, Connected with Blessing. And I just want to draw your attention to the fill in the blank. That might be on an app. Maybe you opened up the app and you got the fill in the blank, or it's on your sheet in front of you. But let me just give you a couple thoughts as I lead you there. And it's this, God's got the good stuff. It's so interesting to me how Satan has played out a PR campaign. He's led an advertising campaign that somehow when you are attached to God, when you become a Christian, when you get involved in a walked out faith, that somehow good stuff is held away from you. It's the same thing that caused us to fall in the Garden of Eden in the first place. What did the serpent say? God's holding out on you. There's this great stuff. You need to take part of it, and then your life will be better. Well, why isn't he sharing it with me? Oh, because he doesn't want the best for you. That is garbage. What happened when they partook of the fruit? The fall of mankind. God knew full well what they needed to be involved in, what they didn't need to be involved in, and we crossed the line. Well, in the same way, nowadays, people are sharing out loud that somehow being a Christian or walking with God, God holds out on you and that you don't get to partake in all the greatest things of this life. Let me explain something real clear. There are life-giving things in this world and there are life-taking things. If you want any of the real stuff, and I'm talking about what? True friendship, loyalty, love, laughter, peace, purpose, all of that comes from the heart of God. You're not going to get it anywhere else but from God. So if you want real good stuff and not a knockoff, you need to be hanging with God. That's the bottom line, right? Where else would you want to go? Amen. Amen. Now, here's another truth. God's kids get stuff from him that other people don't. This is not about, oh, I'm trying to be limited and I'm trying to say that, oh, Christians are better than... No, here's the deal. It's an open invitation to the world that God so loved the world, right? Everyone is being invited in saying, listen, just allow God to do what he does best, which is rescue us and save us. Let Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, become true for you, forgiveness, grace, healing, Anyone has the opportunity to be drawn into the kingdom of God. And when we say yes to Jesus, we become children of God. That's what the Bible says. It gives us the right to become children of God. It's not an add-on. It's a born again into a new reality. Our internal, eternal life lights a flame and we are a different entity. Now, For those who are children of God, you get stuff from God that other people don't get. Now, everybody gets a general love and kindness from God. The idea that we still have a beautiful world and that people that hate God still get to enjoy his creation, right? I mean, that's amazing to me. Everybody gets blessings from God, but not everybody gets the same blessings from God. Let me give you a a short list of examples. When you are a child of God, you get his direct attention. You get his favor. You get doors of opportunity opened up. You get redemption of bad situations. How do I know that? Because the Bible said that he will, what, work all things for the good of those who love him, right? That's God's kids' stuff. We get what? Downloads from him, direction from him, guidance from him, forgiveness from him 
grace from him. All those are only for God's kids. And the list goes on and on and on. Why is this so important? Because the more connection we have with God, the more aligned we become, the more God can flow through us and in us. The fill in the blank on the sheet in front of you is this. Connection with God brings blessing. Connection with God brings blessing. Would you turn with me to the book of Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. I believe it is page 976 in the Bibles under the seat in front of you. If you don't have one, if you're brand new to the Bible, just drop it open in the middle, shoot to the right, right? You're eventually gonna find Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and they feel familiar, right? Oh, I know those names. Then it hits Rome, Acts, Romans, and gets weird on all the titles. Once you get to the weird titles, start looking through those little baby books, and you're gonna find one called Ephesians. Hopefully by the end of the service, praise the Lord. All right, Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Remember I told you that in this year of connecting, that we were gonna slow things down and dial into connecting with God and connecting with each other through the book of Ephesians. And I told you we were slowing down. Did I mention that we were slowing down? Do you know how many verses we're going through today? One, that's it. You only got one verse today. Pastor, how in the world could you make that a whole sermon? Very easily. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. That's all we're going to cover today. But I'm going to read the verse, and then we'll go back and tear it apart to see what God has for us. It's really thick with meaning. Remember I told you last time we were together that Paul the Apostle was highly trained. He not only received excellent religious education, he also received excellent, what, secular education at, at a Tarsus University that rivaled Athens. It was absolutely brilliant, and he studied under one of the brightest minds of the time. This is where you start seeing Paul's deep side. Here at the beginning of the book of Ephesians, he does a deep dive into truths about God. That's what we're going to study together. So let me just read the verse, and then we'll go back into it. Here we go. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Let me read that again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Y'all, we're about to lean into what's called theology. Theology is a study of God. Why? Ology is study of, theo is God. That's how it works. The study of God. Now, this is where some people go, oh no, that sounds academic, and we freak out. It is not academic. It is only partly academic. All right, moving on. It's that it is relational. And here's why. Once again, everything that we study, anytime you hear the phrase people get into theology, you are studying the nature of the one you say you love the most. You're studying the very personhood of who God is. Whenever people ask you, you're a Christian, tell me a little bit about Jesus. If you don't know what to say, you haven't studied any theology. If you ever find yourself asking questions over and over and over about the nature of God, we haven't studied theology. And so for us, Theology helps us get some traction in the mystery of God to understand him more so we can love him more and connect with him more. That's the purpose of theology. It's not merely academic, but let's say it was. Some things do need to be learned academically, yeah? I mean, there's no way that you're simply going to think that mathematical tables 
are relational. They're just not relational, they're academic, but we needed to know it so we would have what? A system by which to live our lives more easily. So let's say it was academic. That's still something we do here at Bridgeway. We've designed our church under this principle. You that are Christians are out in the world being salt and light and witnesses. You are testifying to your story and to God's story 24-7, 365 days a year. Periodically, we gather together as a family and you get equipped and trained up so you can go do that more accurately. Does that make sense? So we are what's called an equipping place, and sometimes we need to shift into a Christian education mode. Why? Because not everybody has the funds or the ability to go to a Christian college or a Christian seminary, yeah? Where do you think you're gonna get trained up? Where are you gonna learn this stuff? Usually, we default to trying to find it on podcast, or we try to sort through a teacher, or we try to listen on the radio, or what? We just start making stuff up off the internet. In other words, where is a safe, clear place that we can receive any Christian instruction? In my opinion, that's why we still have to have that a big part of our service, so we can know what we're talking about and know who we are. Y'all with me? Okay, awesome, great. Now, here's the deal. The best way that we have designed our services is this. I am here to inspire you. I am here to get the engine started. I'm here to create the hunger. I am here to give you just enough so that you're fired up. But let's be real clear. In 45 minutes, I'm not going to get you everything that you want. And you need to be able to process it and you're not gonna learn until you get a chance to talk about it with other people. So. We have designed it on the premise that I get you started and then we all go from here and throughout the week we get into what? Small groups called missional communities here. Our missional communities are called that very simply for this reason. We're not just connecting with each other and with God. There should be a part of our lives where we care about the world around us too. That's called missional, all right? So if you are in one of those missional community groups, you're going to be launching this week an eight-week series studying my sermon stuff, studying the sermon notes. We're launching that back again. So periodically, you'll hear me say, in our groups, we're gonna be talking about, that's what I mean, right? All right, so if you're not one, you need to be in one, okay? Here we go, let's tear this verse apart. It said, blessed be the God. Let's just pause right there. What is bless? How do you bless someone? That is not a word I use a whole lot right? I remember every time I hear it, I always think of the song, bless the Lord, O my soul. You all know that? And all that is within me, bless his holy name. I think about that. If you grew up in church, you probably know that song. What does it mean to bless someone? Usually the way we think about it is you give them a present, right? So in other words, if I come in and I come into your house and I'm visiting you and I, I bring you flowers, and you're like, oh man, what a blessing, that's nice, thanks, what a blessing. You blessed my life today just by coming over and hanging out with me. It means I gave you a present. But in this verse, it says, bless God. How in the world are you supposed to bring God a present? Because here's the deal, he's got everything, 
right? I mean, what are you going to bring that is going to enhance his quality of life, <laughs> right? You, there's nothing tangible you're going to bring to the table. There's nothing super brilliant he hasn't already thought of. As a matter of fact, he pretty much has anything he wants access to, yeah? So what in the world are we going to bring? Well, we have a very simple explanation of that in a lot of our homes. Real quick, show of hands, how many of you have children of any age? Children? All right, so a lot of you, not everyone. Here's what's intriguing to me. When you are a parent, your children want to buy you presents for your birthday, which I find very interesting because they don't have any money. So how does this work? Parents, you all know how this works, right? Hey, mom, dad, I want to get you something. Well, where are you going to get that from? Your bank account. So you're going to take my money to buy me stuff. Is that what you just said? Yes. Okay. Well, that, that's fine, but it's, uh, it's rather ironic that you want to bring something to the table, but I already have the money. You're utilizing my money in order to get me stuff. If I wanted to get the stuff, I could have just got the stuff. And then what happens is when kids realize I don't have the money to do it, what do they do? They make you something, right? And what's intriguing is what it turns out to be. This is in general how most households go. Oh my gosh, honey, did you just paint this for me? You did? You did? Oh my gosh, it is beautiful. Well, you have it upside down. <laughs> You're right. Wow, what is that? Is that a T-Rex? That's dad. Oh, okay, so dad's angry. Is that what we're talking, right? Okay, whatever they just made for you, I'm not sure quality is the point, right? And here's what's intriguing. You would not have gone out and bought that particular picture, but to a parent, it means everything. Why? Because it's not the quality, it's the heart that went into it. It's who made it. See, the point is never the thing. It's the who behind the thing. Y'all following me? So what blessing the Lord means is that we bring him a gift. What does he really want? Our heart. What does he really want? Our attention. What does he really want? Us to pour ourselves out to him, right? So think about it this. If it's not the quality, but it's the heart, then listen very carefully. Don't ever hold back worshiping and praising God due to quality problems. What do I mean? Oh, dude, I walk into church and everybody's singing. I don't do that. Oh, why don't you do that? Well, I, don't, I, I can't sing. You just let a quality problem ruin your gift when quality was never what he was looking for. If he wants to hear really good singing, he's got angels. He is never like, dang, I need some, I need some better vocalists up in here, right? There's, there's never that. Like, that's not his problem. Is he's like, man, these angels are weak sauce. Like, I need, I need some more stuff up here. He's got, yeah, here's what's funny. If you sing really good on earth, they say you have a voice of a, <laughs> right? So the best of us are like the worst of them. So here, here's the deal. It's never quality. That's not the point. So when you hold back and say, my presence not good enough, you miss the point. Because here's the deal. Let's say someone else does sing better than you. Can they sing with your voice and your heart? Absolutely not. So in other words, there's no duplication for yours. 
It may be better to earth ears, but it's still not yours. So you still haven't brought it to him. The painting on the fridge matters because of who made it, not what it was. Amen? Amen. All right, so here's what it says. It says, blessed be God. Whenever you see the phrase God, you just automatically go, the whole package. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? Which means we got to get into the Trinity again this week. We talked about it a little bit last time. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's one God, three persons, yeah? Okay, great. So here's what we need to understand. He said, blessed be God as a whole, but then he follows it up with what? Blessed be the God and Father. Oh, now we zeroed in on one particular person of what is called the Godhead right? So we zeroed in on which one? The Father. Why are we zeroing in on the Father? Because he's just about to talk about us being blessed because of the love of God. Why talk about the Father? Because he's the one that always initiates love. He's the one that always starts the ball rolling. He's the one that made sure that we were okay by the plan. So here's what we need to understand. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit— absolutely equal. Are we all clear on that? It's not like, oh, one's the father, one's the son. That means one can drive and one can, (laughs) right? One's big, one's small. One goes in small places, one reaches up high. That is not correct. Don't let the terms fool you. It means God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, equally God. They are the same in essence, but they are not the same in role and function. This is super important. You're like, oh, well, what are you talking about? Well, here's what I mean. The Son died, not the Father or the Holy Spirit, right? The Father and Son sent the Holy Spirit, not vice versa, right? Okay, so they have different. It's not a matter that they can't. It's a matter that they don't. They don't take the lead on that one given issue. Therefore, we know them as Father Son, and Holy Spirit because of their difference in role and function. All right, it means they're working towards the same goal. Now, I know this sounds complicated, so let's make it easy. Susie and I are parents of two daughters, right? Jillian, Andy. So Jill and Andy, my two daughters, Susie and I co-created them. Yep, we both were contributors to this process, and now there is life. We are equal Parents, can we all agree with that? Meaning that she's a parent, I'm a parent, there's no difference. It's not like, oh, well, she's the better parent because she carried the child. Difference in what? Role and function. If we're going to parent together, it would be a stupid idea to just duplicate each other, right? Oh, we're all the disciplinarian all at the same time doing the exact same thing. What are we supposed to do? Divide and conquer, yeah? That's what parents do. So, for example, in we are equal parents, but in role and function, I tend to lean into being the one that does what? I tend to talk with the kids about deep stuff and then at the same time screw around and wrestle on the floor. I'm the one that's always making the animals have voices and names. I'm the one that's always the playful one and trying to raise the level of joy in the household. 
Susie took the role where she started creating structure and make sure everybody's in the right place and they have everything that they need. If all of us were only on one side, it would be lopsided. So what do we do? We balance out to create a greater health for our children. That's something that we've been blessed to be able to do. But my point is, we're equal, but we're not the same. Our role and function is different, but we're equal parents. All right, let's keep moving forward on that because it brings up a a big issue for me, male and female. Let's talk about gender for a second. Uh, There's been so much discussion, and once again, it is a complicated issue. I do not pretend to be an expert in this area, but I've done a ton of study. But here's the reality. Men and women are equal, but they are not the same. And the problem is we can't wrap our heads around the idea if you're not the same, we try to put everyone in an order, right? Well, who's, who's over who? You'd miss the whole point. You can't do that with a trinity and you can't do that with gender. Y'all following me? In other words, there has to be an equality without sameness, without you automatically moving it into a hierarchy. That's not how it works. It means we are all of one mind, heading one direction, getting the job done. When Adam and Eve were created, God said, you have a job to do. And they said, boom, let's shift out in role and function. We know how we were built. We can do a bunch of stuff the other one does, but we need to be able to nail everything down so we're gonna divide out and get the job done. That's how it's supposed to work. Unfortunately, there's been so much discussion over the years about who's in charge of who. I don't think, I think God's in charge, quite frankly. And I think the Bible's real clear on that one, right? All right, let's get back to this. In our groups, we're gonna be talking about how the members of the Trinity are equal, but not same because that's something we gotta discuss with each other. Somebody's gotta ask questions. They're like, dude, I don't understand what he just said, and and he talks too fast, and what's wrong with him? You know, that kind of stuff. Please don't spend the whole time trying to figure me out. It's a bad idea, bad waste of your time. All right, here's the other thing. He said, blessed be the God, to God the Father of our what? Lord Jesus Christ, that's called loaded terms. He just dropped three bombs on you. Lord, what does it mean? Master. What does master imply? Full authority. Jesus is not our advisor, he's our king. Big difference, y'all following me? You've heard the old phrase, it was kind of overused in the 80s, which was this, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not what? Lord at all. Y'all heard that phrase? Because you can't say you're 90% king, there's no such thing as a 90% king. There's no such thing as the 90% authority. He's either the authority or he's not the authority. So when you hear things from the Lord through his word, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. He's calling the shots. That's just how it works. That's what Lord means. So if he's not your Lord, please don't call him Lord. Does that make sense? Lord, Jesus, Jesus was a literal person who lived on this planet 2,000 years ago in the Middle East. Middle Eastern man, Jesus of Nazareth. We know where he grew up. We know what he did. We believe that he was crucified and rose again at 33 years old. But Jesus didn't start there. He's the son of God in flesh. It's why every Christmas it takes our breath away. 
How did that work? I have no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, that's all we say. Then we find out it gets even crazier when we hit Easter. He did what? I don't know. That's crazy. That's all we do on holidays is we freak out because this stuff is so over our head. Seriously? God, man, how does that work? So in other words, it says, Lord, authority, the God, man, and the last word is what? Christ. That is not Jesus' last name. Right? It is a title. The title is Messiah. The title is anointed one. It's the one that all the Jews had been waiting for. It means savior. So he just dropped three things. The Lord Jesus Christ, authority, God, man, savior in one line. I would hate for us to blow past that and not understand how powerful our God is. All right, let's keep moving forward. It says this. Blessed be the Father who has blessed us in Christ. Man, what? What do you mean in Christ? How do you bless somebody in somebody else? That's super weird. Okay, let me just re-rack it for you because it gets super easy. It means the Father gave us a gift through Jesus Christ's actions. That's all it means, right? But why did he do it that way? Let's take a look at it. Father was the initiator. Jesus was the mode. Our salvation, the Father initiated it. Jesus made it happen. As a matter of fact, you're going to see this pattern happen over and over and over. Here we go. Creation. Anybody ever read the first part of the Bible? Right? You crack that thing open. It says what? In the beginning, God, big God, all three parts, combo pack. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and void, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters of the deep. So we automatically, out of the big picture of God, we have one member already mentioned. Who's that? The Holy Spirit. He is hovering over the waters, doing what? Holding for organization. So let me explain how this works. When God created, how does the story start? And God said, let there be light. When he said light, he spoke something out. Do you realize that we find out that the Father started it, but it went through who? Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Because John said this, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Meaning the very word that emanated out of the Father was the second person moving forward and making it happen. Then what happens? The Holy Spirit manages it and empowers it. And you go, ooh, that's, that's deep. All right, let's do it again. <laughs> Jesus' baptism and his ministry. How did that work? The Father initiates it. How do we know that? Because it says, God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, so if he sent his son, it's probably referring to the father. Father starts it, sends the son down to do ministry. He's in the baptism. He's in the water. The father says, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. Here comes the Holy Spirit for what? Same thing he always does. Manages it and empowers it. And he runs the entire ministry for Jesus Christ. Okay, let's do one more again. Church. The only reason the church exists is why. The father came up with an idea. The father said, I will have a bride for my son. Jesus 
went here, got the job done, connected all the dots, and who now is left managing and empowering us? The Holy Spirit. Same pattern over and over and over again. Father initiates, son gets it done, Holy Spirit organizes it. That's how it works. Equal, not same function. You go, why does any of this matter? Because think about it this way. We don't do really good with only mystery. We need something concrete. Let's say, for example, I said, all right, everyone, we are going to pray. Everyone get ready. Where do you look when you pray? Because I'm going to tell you, you probably look one of two directions when you pray from what you've been taught. Either what? Up, right? Why? Because you were told that, that our Father's in heaven, Jesus is at his right hand, and he's up in heaven, which I find very odd because we're on a spinning ball. <laughs> what do you mean up? There's no up. There's only out, right? But we were taught that we can look up. He gave us a direction, even though it wasn't factual, it gave us a help. The only other direction we look when we pray is where? Inside. Why do we do that? Because we were told that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit would make their home within our heart. And so we believe that he dwells near us and close. Okay, now, is that completely all the truth and everything is now fine? No, that's complicated, right? So here's the deal. God has to walk this crazy line of going, I'm unknowable, but you need to be able to interact with me. So I'm going to give you all these little helps. The Trinity is that little help. It gives you a direction to look. It gives you a person to talk about. It gives you an understanding of how he operates. You guys, it's not academic. It's relational. We're learning about God's nature. Is it totally knowable? No, but we're not lost in total mystery. At least we've got some things to talk about, right? I think that's very, very important. It says that God blessed us. What does that mean? It means he's about to give us super good stuff. Remember, we always bless him because he blessed us first, right? All right, so we finish it out with this. Blessed be God who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We serve a God that abundantly blesses. There are some of us that need to get out of the mindset that God is stingy. Because here's the problem. We pray and we pray and we pray about stuff and nothing happens. And we're like, seriously? You're gonna leave me like this, in this condition. Like I got this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem, and this problem, and what? I ask about it, your word says, if I ask anything according to your will, you would give it to me because I'm your child. And yet I'm not seeing any help, I'm not seeing any change, I'm not seeing anything. Is it that you don't want to bless me? Is that the deal? That we are not doing this together? Is that the thing, are you resistant? Have you ever had a time of talking with God like that? Of course you have. If you're a Christian, you have, right? We've all done that. But let me give you an analogy on what I think it's like. Picture with me that a 
Two parents and a little child are walking through Disneyland, right? So let's just get that in our minds. We're walking through Disneyland, and the little guy sees another kid walking by, and he's holding cotton candy. Now, let me explain something real quick. I love cotton candy personally. I'm obsessed with it. Don't know what it is. Think it's from the devil. Love it, right? It is like magical dust powder, fairy stuff, right? Because if you ever watch it over time and let it sit out, what happens? It turns into like this demonic mold thing. Okay. But as long as it's light and airy, it goes in my body. Does that make sense? Like you're grabbing it and it's like, oh, look, it's so light and fluffy. I love it, right? And I will consume that stuff like crazy. Love cotton candy. Other people are like, oh, it's too, it's too, whatever. Something's wrong with you. Okay, moving on. Now, here's the deal. Imagine he sees another kid walking by with a cotton candy. And so he says to his mom and dad, hey, um, can, we, uh, can we stop and get some cotton candy? And they said, no. He's like, well, why? They said, well, because it's 45 minutes till dinner, and after lunch, you had a caramel apple. <clears throat> so he had one. Well, I'm not his mother. I'm not his father. And quite frankly, I don't know why they're giving him that 45 minutes before dinner time. It is possible that maybe they're on a totally different schedule. Maybe they end up eating at different times, and they're eating at 9 o'clock, so this is kind of like they're after lunch. The whole point is no. Okay, so he thinks to himself for a while, and he's like, what about a chocolate bar? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, because a chocolate bar is the same thing. The whole point is it's going to ruin your meal. No. What about a churro? <laughs> no. What about Dole Whip? No. Ice cream? No. Soda? No. Fudge? No. Funnel cake? Huh? No. So you don't want me to have anything. When all the while they're where? In Disneyland. Unfortunately, a lot of our prayer lives tend to pattern that. Can I have this? No. 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 What I'm not saying is that your prayers are silly, selfish prayers. What I'm telling you is there's something the parent is tracking on that you're not. In other words... Because think about it this way. Let's say the child comes and goes, well, then can I at least have a chocolate dip banana? It's fruit. Yeah. <laughs> because if the child pushes back and says, what's wrong with chocolate? What would we respond? Well, there's nothing really wrong with chocolate. It's the wrong timing, and you just had something. So it's wrong for you, and it's the wrong timing. Because here's what happens. A lot of us in our prayer lives, we go, God, I can't understand this. I'm asking you for something, and it's not bad. It's literally unselfish. And he goes, no, 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 there is nothing wrong with what you're asking for. It's wrong for you right now. Why? You wouldn't understand if I told you. I need you to trust me. Because if it was good and it was the right time, I would give it to you. That's what I promised you. You see... Unfortunately, when we consistently ask for things that are out of the alignment and timing of God, we keep hearing no, and we say the phrase, don't you want me to have anything good when we're walking in Disneyland? For everything we lack, we have 50 good things. 
Oh, God, I have back pain. Do you have leg pain? No. Do you have neck pain? No. Do you have arm pain? No. Do you have head pain? No. Do you have foot pain? No. Do you have calf pain? No. Does your right lung hurt? No. Does your left lung hurt? No. So you have what? I have back pain. Okay. Lord, I hate my job. Do you have a job to complain about? Yes. What if I gave you another job? I don't know, I'd probably hate that one too. But I hate this one. I know that for sure, right? And at some point, we have to trust that the parent is sifting and sorting and saying, I know what's next, and if I gave you this here, you would not get that there. It's not best for you, right? All right. Um, it says, he blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. What does that mean? I don't know. Definitely means every. I do know that. Meaning there's nothing lacking. We are abundantly blessed. We get everything collectively that the church needs. Now, let me highlight again. We get everything collectively that the church needs. Do you understand that Bridgeway is not the big picture? Do you understand that the Sacramento region is not the big picture? We're thinking, oh, you're talking about that church across town. No, I'm talking about the church across the world. So I'm going to say something, and I need you to listen to me very careful. I'm going to read it so I get it right. You ready? The more segregated we are as churches, the more we will lack as the body of Christ. The more segregated we are as churches, the more we will lack in the body of Christ. Why? Because he gave all of us collectively everything we needed. And if we refuse to hang out together, there's a bunch of stuff we're never going to have. It is not just about us. It's the big picture. So then Paul says, we were blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That leaves two questions for me. Number one, what blessings? And the answer to that is, welcome to the series. Because every time we get together, each teacher is going to be opening up a new present from God and talking about what he gave us. Paul's about to go crazy on the blessings of God and tell us what they are. Number two is it says what? We were blessed in the heavenly places. What does that mean? It means he went to the top shelf and got the good stuff. You guys, there's stuff down here, and it's a pale comparison to the stuff up there. Now, those of you that are kids here, let me explain something to you, and this is going to rock your world. I apologize for ruining your life, but let me explain something. There are yummy things in your house that your parents have hid from you. Just letting you know right now, right? What happens is, like for example, that you will finish out Halloween. You'll be like, dude, I got all the candy right here. No, you do not. Because sometimes your mother has gone through and picked out of your candy the things that she likes, and she has hidden them away like a squirrel. There's also the possibility that your dad goes, those are all too small, and buys himself large-sized candy bars and doesn't share them with you. So here's the deal. The bottom line is, a lot of times what is put out there for the kids is sometimes not always the best stuff because the parents are hiding it up in the cupboard. I'm just telling you that when God blesses us and he takes it from the heavenly realms, he goes and grabs the stuff off the top shelf and he lets us have the real stuff, real peace, real help, real joy, real laughter, real friendship, stuff like that. Can I have the prayer team come on up here?
Y'all, in our, in our missional community groups, we're going to talk about how blessed we really are. We're going to take some time to process what that means. What is all this stuff that God has done for us, and how do we change our perspective to see God as abundant and not as stingy? Y'all, the prayer team is up here so that as you leave, you can go connect with him, them and be able to what? Access stuff in heaven from the top shelf. That's why they're here. But I just want to finish out by saying this. We are blessed people, yeah? Yes. And here's my hope. That as our teaching team comes up here, right? So like, for example, you know, I teach one week and then another teacher teaches this week. What I'm hoping for our teaching team is that we, every week, are gonna build up your confidence, your hope, your joy, your faith, and that soon, as we begin to connect more with God, as we connect more with each other, we'll start walking different, thinking different, acting different, feeling different, and that we are more connected to God than we've ever been in our life. That is my vision for this series. So before we go, let me just remind you of the two things. Number one, it's MLK Junior Weekend. I would like you to show up in solidarity to share what matters in the heart of God. We can't do everything, but we can do some things. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. If you're brand new, we have what's called Introducing Bridgeway right after the service. We'll meet you upstairs. If you are brand new within six months or less, we'd love to come meet you. So the pastors and I, Pastor Paul, all of us, we're gonna go on up there and we'll just meet you upstairs. Find your way up there and we'll have a little chat. Let's pray. God, you are always right. You're always good. You're powerful and you are indeed unknowable. So thank you for giving us helps, hints, using words like Father and Son and Holy Spirit so we could get a clue. God, I know that you're so much more than those things. I know that your desire to be with your people means that you would do everything in heaven and on earth to connect us with you. Thank you for rescuing us and saving us, Jesus. Thank you for providing for us, Holy Spirit, and guiding and directing us to this life. We are so thankful to you, God. Would you continue to walk with us as we go from this place? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.